across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Steffi Callister. Cambridge 105 Radio. Dr. Sean Lang joins me in the studio. Thank you for coming in. David Cassidy is taking me back. <laughs> bet you didn't have a poster in your bedroom wall, though. No, afraid not. No, 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 no. So we were um, just hearing in the news about um, Justin Trudeau has told Global News there's many more discussions to come. Obviously, the Queen wasn't the only one informed. <laughs> Yes, or not. Yeah, it's quite. Uh, I mean, you, you do get the impression this is all being made up as they go along, don't On you? On the hoof, yes, as yes, they say. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I know if you or I wanted to relocate to Canada, fine, but we're not royal. Um, and for the to start with, there's the whole security issue. I mean, this is a major thing, actually, security for royals, because it's, it's 24 hours and Absolutely. you know, they go. And uh, you know, it's all got to be paid for and arranged. And although, you know, it can be done, but governments need to know this sort of thing. Um, it's one thing for a straight a state visit. That's, you know, obviously, you know, that's coming or whatever. But if we're talking about um, permanent residents or semi-permanent residents, that's sim- yeah. simply in terms of, of, you know, footing the bill and making the arrangements, what have you. That's quite something to, think- you, you need to know these things. I think as a lot of people were saying you know it's all very well to go on holiday somewhere and then decide that you want to live there. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen in the real that happen in the real world. You yeah. know I'd, I'd quite like to live in you know St Lucia or somewhere yeah. but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yes exactly. I mean there's a something something someone said you know the rich are different from us you know from <laughs> I'm assuming we were not <laughs> super rich anyone here. Um, and, and that sort of uh, possibility which for most of us is simply not there is when you are both you know rich and royal um and uh, you know it, it's becoming well it, it is a soap opera we always talk about the royals as a soap opera and of course effectively what you've got is a sort of um, narrative being creative in which, in which they are the sort of rebellious uh, ones uh, uh, as against the more staid traditional if you like rather boring but dependable William and Kate on the other or side or you could just yeah. say work shy <laughs> uh, well um, <laughs> I mean I don't think a lot of people have much idea of what work it is that the royals do and, and I know from the outside it can look as if uh, you know, it's, it's it's not there's not much. I mean, um, it, it must be incredibly tedious, though. That's the thing that's always yeah. struck me. It doesn't matter how much they're paid, how much you know privilege mm. they have to have to do that day I in have day out. Never ever met anyone who said that in, in, you know when they actually think about it that they'd like to be in the royal family you might sort of say uh, I mean I do remember a lovely thing at Hills Road years ago when uh, Prince Philip visited and he asked her student you know what would you like to what would you like to be and he said she said I'd like to be a princess <laughs> <laughs> he sort of laughed and said not, not many openings although Kate Middleton got in there but actually if you sort of think about it realistically yes it's an awful stultifying limited type of life which I think very few of us would really welcome Absolutely. but there is a, a, they are very very hands-on. And if you think of Princess Anne, for example, or indeed Prince Philip, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, with their particular charities, very hands-on, very active. Um, and and even uh, even Prince Andrew, in his role as promoting British trade, you know, it was, it was a, this is this is a you know genuine sort of work that that uh, can be done, and you can use your role in order to do that. Um, so stepping back from it. Uh, you know, it might look very attractive to to most of us, but it is actually stepping back from an actual role, if you like. Yeah. But, uh, if we can get on to Iran, <laughs> to, sort of two parts to this story: Downing Street saying Britain's willing to work with the US yeah. in a way to stop Iran developing nuclear weapons, and Iran are basically saying, you know, we're scrapping all limits on enriching uranium. So, yeah. is that kind of two fingers to them? Well, it is. But the interesting thing about this one is that unlike uh, the previous conflict, say with Iraq. Um, uh, you know, just think of how much time has passed now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, wow. It's, 
<laughs> I don't mm. even like to think about it. You know. It'll be soon, it's before you know. It'll be twenty years ago. Um, but unlike that one, which was a sort of straightforward standoff between uh, you know between Saddam Hussein and, and George W. Bush, in this one you've got this this new and very important rider of the Iranian people and particularly young Iranians protesting against um, their, their government, not only over the shooting down of the air, of the airliner, but particularly over the three days of denial of it. Absolutely. And that's the point. Um, I mean, I hate to say this, but, you know, if, if you fire missiles, the accidents will, will happen. Um, and you're in a sort of, if, if you see yourself in a sort of quasi-war situation, then you will be firing missiles. But the straightforward denial, oh, no, it was a, it was a mechanical fault. It was nothing, you know. And then to say, well, OK, yeah, we did. Um, the, the refusal of young Iranians to walk over their flags, uh, you know, which was clearly designed to be a sort of big propaganda thing, and refusal to play the game, if you like, to play yeah. the game, which back in the uh, 2000s, and indeed going back to the Iranian Revolution in, what, 78, um, was was absolutely standard. You know, you, you burnt the flag. Indeed, they did this for the, for the, the British flag, didn't they? Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, um, ambassadors. So there is a, there's a new side, if you like, to this, uh, I'll use the word narrative, because ineffectively that's, that's what we're talking about, um, which does make it slightly different, well, I think importantly different from the previous one, so, and, and a little bit more uncertain. Boris, was he um, talking today about Trump and Iran? Did I get that wrong? Uh, I we'll didn't. I mean, if, if, if he was, because of course he's been in Northern Ireland, and he's been in, in Belfast. Oh yes, yes. We'll, we'll stay with me. Yeah. I'll do some traffic and travel, and we can talk about Northern Ireland after that. Yeah. Travel on Cambridge 105 Radio. A14 westbound, one lane closed and slow traffic due to the earlier accident there between two lorries. They're still recovering there. Junction 28, Cambridge services through to the congestion going the whole way through to Junction 33 at Milton as well now as onto the M11. A428 at Caxton, Gibbet causing a few problems and the A505 slow traffic um, at McDonald's roundabout at Pabersford. They must be queuing for nuggets there. Um, Elizabeth Way northbound near Chesterton High Street. Hills Road very slow from Addenbrooke through to Gonville Place. 12 or 15 minutes through there. Horningsea Road and Ditton Lane between the A14 and Newmarket. Road, Newmarket Road itself outbound, heavy, um, 10 minutes through there. Northampton Street, Chesterton Lane, through to Mitcham's Corner. And the Fen Causeway is busy between Trumpington Road and Newnham Road. Um, also Chesterton Road through, as I said, to Mitcham's Corner. Problems on some of the train lines. Um, we'll have another quick look for you. They're not showing at the moment. We'll have another quick look for you before we go at the top of the hour. Cambridge 105 Radio. When it comes to radio, you know what you like. But did you know, whether it's on your smartphone, tablet or computer, on a DAB digital radio or smart or voice controlled speaker, there are now so many ways to listen to digital radio, more than half the population are doing just that. And if you're not one of them, you don't know what you're missing. Discover all the ways to listen to digital radio at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. Subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's happening at Cambridge 105 Radio. Sign up now and get the 105 Weekly direct to your mailbox at cambridge105.co.uk.
Steffi Callister, Cambridge 105 Radio Drive. With me, Dr Sean Lang in the studio. We have been discussing some sorts of politics. Um, Northern Ireland, yes, as you reminded me. It's funny I should forget that one. <laughs> yes, yes they've, got, they've got a government again. The yes, most obvious yes, one. Thought, it's only it's taken three years. Three years, I know. Um, interesting, isn't it, how long you can go without a, without a direct government? I actually <laughs> thought it was really interesting. The first thing they were doing yesterday when they're back in is asking for money and they've been paid for doing nothing for the yes. last three years, you know. <laughs> Yes, but then we were talking about the royals. <laughs> yes, I think that, that has was, nothing in Arlene. Yes, that's right. Um, and of course, she's sort of come good after after her rookie time after the election when people were saying uh, you know she'd lost her hold at Westminster. She's now mm. sort of got a hold uh, back at home, as it were. Um, but it's, it's interesting in sense because the other thing which is almost been forgotten is a little thing called Brexit and uh, Boris was was uh, talking about the big Ben bongs uh, to sort of usher in the uh, you know the end of the month and therefore yes. the, the end of uh, Brexit but there's, there's a link of course because the uh, exit from the European Union is going to put enormous pressure on the devolved uh, region, uh, devolved areas obviously Northern Ireland and uh, well Wales and Scotland but particularly Scotland and Northern Ireland because of course of the very strong Remain votes in both cases yes. and there's been this um, uh, in a talk, particularly in relation to Scotland, but I think it applies to Northern Ireland as well, about looking looking ahead. Will that tension um, actually, in the end, sort of involve the break of the, of the United Kingdom? And so I think that's why the uh, installing of a, of a government at long last in Northern Ireland is of particular importance with the timing as it is. The other thing that Arlene conveniently seems to have forgotten about is the RHI scandal. Which was <laughs> <laughs> the cause of it all in the first go- place. That seems to have all gone away rather nicely for it, doesn't it? Well, that's how it goes. I mean, if you um, relatively few political scandals actually last, uh, and it's amazing how people will forget so yes mm. you sort of I mean, so much has happened particularly i suppose um her, her role in keeping theresa may's government in place that yes you can sort of move on from that and, and, i think one of the things that have possibly helped mm. this along this is a completely personal mm. point of view mm. but northern ireland people like straight talking yeah and i think boris will have given it to them exactly the way it is mm. and you know he said right that's it let's get back to work absolutely stop yeah. mucking yeah. around here you know you've been doing this for three years and i think they've responded to that i, I would entirely agree and i think that another factor actually in the election results uh, particularly in the in the Labour wall in the north of England is that sort of straight talking that he, you, know, you know where you are you might not like it but at least you know where you are with him and he is very good at that and putting it across in a way where quite often even if you don't like what you hear and you have to sort of uh, try to suppress a smile because he's, you know, he's got that gift of the gab again something which would go down very well <laughs> in, in Northern Ireland um, and the weird thing is that although you might think he's such an English you know Etonian gent type mm. that surely he wouldn't go down anywhere Outside. But of course, the great thing is that that can be very appealing to people who are, who are very different, you know, because it yeah. is a type. And that I th- is, I've always thought that's something which uh, many in the Labour Party have never understood. And mm. so can't understand what the appeal of the sort of Etonian type is um, beyond their own uh, circle. But it is actually quite powerful. So it's very interesting to see him clearly um, enjoying the moment today uh, in, in, in Belfast and so making the most of it. And then turning it in, in exactly that way into talking about Big Ben on the bongs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not, not Many of us would get away with that. (laughs) Boris's Big Ben bombs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to leave it there, Dr. John Lang. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Cambridge 105 Radio.